Wow, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole. Sorry I don't have a Bucks hat on or I'm not. I think Robert like, has like an endorsement deal with Milwaukee Bucks right there. You know what I'm saying? He always does that like this. I can't do that. I can't pull that off. He told me that day, he said, Pastor, I think we should do a, a picture with you and all the campus pastors. And it would just kind of like with your arms folded like this and we're all behind you. And he was serious. <laughs> I was like, bro, you can rock that, but I cannot pull that off. He goes, yeah, I got you. <laughs> well, it's great to have you at Life Church. It's great for you to be here today. And I am honored that you're here. There's so many great churches you could be a part of in the metro Milwaukee area. And the fact that you're with us, we are honored to have you here today. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55. It's page 686, not 666, 686 in my Bible, if that helps you at all, if you need to go to the table of content and figure that out, but take your time. But we're in this series on highlights, and I want to talk to you today about growing yourself spiritually, about leading yourself spiritually. Uh, I, I am a, I'm a real big, um, wow, a big reader, a big thinker. Uh, I'm very passionate about leadership. I, I do think that I believe what Maxwell says, that everything rises and falls on leadership, and that leadership is influence. I also believe regardless how big the organization is that you lead, or if it's just, you're, it's just you by yourself, uh, I think the greatest and the hardest person to lead is you. I think the greatest and the hardest person for me to lead is me. I, I think leading ourselves, well, self-leadership is one of the most difficult things because it's not information that changes us, right? We know what we should do and what we shouldn't do, but it's, are we really doing it? Paul says it this way, the things that I don't want to do, I do. The things that I do want to do, I don't do. And so there is this war that's inside of me. And so when we talk about this self-leadership and how it applies to us spiritually, it's really important because we are spiritual beings. We are more than just a mind. We are more than just a body. We are a soul. And we all know that that soul is eternal. And so the truth of the matter is, is I've got to develop my mind. I've got to take care of my body, but I also have to do something about my spirit, about my soul. And so I can't just lead my mind. I can't just lead my body. I've got to lead my spirit. And I know that's why you're here today, right? So it's like I'm preaching to the choir. Um, but when we talk about this, it, it, the question comes up too is how hungry are you? When you're talking about self-development, when you're talking about developing your soul, leading yourself spiritually, how hungry are you? Now, let me stop right here. I have never had these words come out of my mouth. I was working so much today. Things were so busy today. I had so much going on today. I forgot to eat. That's never come out of my mouth. If you're around me and those words come out of your mouth, I will say, get thee behind me, Satan. Amen? It's just like, how? how how do people, like skinny people, and I'm sorry if you're skinny, I'm going to offend you. Um, but skinny people, because I, I mean, if I took my shirt off, you could see, man, I got some LBs going on here. This is like Spanx, right? Like, it's like a can of biscuits when I get done after church on Sunday. Just, so <laughs> I got this muffin top going, the whole deal. I'm working on it, folks. Let me pull my pants up. It's what I call double hitching in the back, and you got to get in the front. You know what I'm talking about? Just keep it up. Smooth it out. Thank God he gave me this bigger chest because it offsets this right here. If you notice, the camera doesn't go below here, right? 
we always have a new camera guy, and, and I'll go, and he'll go like right here. And I'm like, no, 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 bring it up, bring it up, right above the muffin top, right here. It's where we need to keep it. Here up, keep your eyes up. I just, I don't miss meals. I'll never forget. I was a youth pastor, and man, I was running, I was working out. I mean, legit, like not making fun, I really was. But I couldn't lose any weight. So I told my wife, I always, I'm kind of a hypochondriac too, if you don't know me at all. And I'm, there's always something wrong. And if you've got something, don't tell me about it because I'm going to have those symptoms. Like I can't go on WebMD. Anybody else? No, I'm telling you, I'm dying. But, but give me 30 minutes on WebMD and I, I'm, I'm, I'm terminal. Like I'm done. I just, I'm over. It's it. And I, I, I went to the doctor and he said, what's the problem? I said, man, I have a thyroid condition. And I self-diagnosed all of this, right? He goes, Okay. I said, no, seriously, seriously, like I'm working out. Like, like I've been spending the last six weeks, an hour every day doing cardio, doing all of this. I can't lose any weight. And I mean, like my people, we're not like huge, right? Like, my, you know, it's not like this is hereditary. I mean, like something's wrong, doctor. I mean, I'm pleading with him. Like I am going at him like he is going to hell and I'm trying to bring him from the very pit. You know what I'm talking about as a preacher? I'm just telling him my story. He said, so tell me what you have for breakfast. I tell him that. What do you have for lunch? I tell him that. Tell me what you have for dinner. I tell him that. Do you have any snacks? Oh, yeah, yeah, because you got to keep that, like, right? They say multiple meals throughout the day, keep it burning. And he laughs. He said, is this what you do on a regular basis? I said, yeah. He said, you're consuming around six to 7,000 calories a day. You could live on a treadmill. You were not going to lose any weight. That grande platter at Abuelos, that's about the size of my waist. Or it was, you know. And so it's just like, he said, that's what's killing you. You've got to reduce down. So he gave me a 1,500 a day calorie. How many of y'all know that lasted about 20 hours? Not even a whole day. I was into the refrigerator eating a whole half gallon of ice cream. Amen. We come to church and on a weekend, I get this. Part of my responsibility as a senior pastor is, the, is to make sure that you are fed spiritually. That's a responsibility that I have. We say it this way, that Jesus says in John's gospel, chapter 7, he's the bread of life. So it's our responsibility to serve up the bread of life hot and fresh. Build the believer, serve the seeker. Yeah, get it. And, and when I think you come to church, you should have your Bible digital or paper and ready to take some notes of what the Holy Spirit will kind of download on your heart. Maybe a word, maybe a phrase, maybe some statements, maybe the outlines or the main points that comes up on the screen. Whatever it may be for you, but there's something there, a take-home value. It's kind of the so what. But then also there's a point where you've got to go beyond just allowing me as the kind of food dude to kind of serve up the bread and life hot and fresh for you. And you've got to learn how to feed yourself. And that's what I want to talk about for a few minutes today. So Isaiah chapter 55, this is an incredible chapter. I'm only going to read the first two verses. Isaiah 55, starting in verse 1, he says this, Come everyone who thirsts come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Buy, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? Why do you labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, this is the Lord speaking, and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. Now, the first thing that we see here is 
God has an invitation to come. When it comes to spiritual growth and development, God says this, come to the table. Come to the table. God invites everyone to come to the table. He invites you whether you have money or you don't. He invites you whether you, you are new or, or you've been around for a long time. He invites you to come. First, he says to the thirsty, you're invited. Who are the thirsty? The thirsty are the, they're the Christ followers. They're the people who are ready and willing. He said, come, everyone who thirsts, come. Here's where we're gonna find it. Won't you come to the table of God? Come to this and, 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 and find it in me. This is the Lord speaking to the prophet Isaiah. This entire chapter is about the compassion and the goodness of God. Whatever it is that you're looking for, whatever it is that you're striving after, whatever it is that you're trying to grow, whatever it is you're trying to develop, you are welcome to come to the table and eat. Again, the table... Again, Old Testament, New Testament. We see Jesus does this again with the Last Supper. It's what we do every time we come together for communion. We take of the Lord's table and we remember his death until he comes again. In the Gospel of Luke alone, there's almost two dozen times where Jesus is eating, reclining, talking, or discussing, or doing a miracle at the table. We're relational beings. God did not create you and I for achievement only. He created us for relationship. That's why there's the power of the table, the power of sitting at the table, the power of being together. And so the Lord's table is a place where we grow spiritually. We develop ourselves spiritually. And so for those of you who are Christ followers, he says, come. What if I'm not a Christ follower? What if I'm broke as a joke, right? He says it right there. Those of you who are broke, you have no money. You, you, you have nothing to, to buy it with. Why don't you come and eat without price, he says in verse one. He's speaking to the person who is willing, who wants, who desires, but isn't ready. They, they don't have the resources. They, 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 they don't have all the right stuff. They, 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 they may not know all the protocols. Why don't you come, come to the table. Everyone's invited to the table. I don't know why we don't get this sometimes as a church, not us, but I'm talking about the big church, big C, capital C. It, the church is for everybody. And, and again, sinner and saint. I think a healthy church has a third of its people who are mature Christ followers. I think a third of the church are people that are brand new in their faith in Jesus Christ or brand new in a faith community. And I think a third of a healthy church are like co cocaine snorting, half lit, went to bed with somebody else and woke up with a different, in a different bed and came to church because they lost a bed or because they're looking or because they're trying to make, what, whatever the reason is, I don't care. And you may go, that's crazy. No, no, it's not crazy. Look at where Jesus spent his time. He was with the disciples. He was with the apostles. But then he also, the Bible says he was a friend of sinners. He spent a lot of time not doing sinful things, but being around people who needed him. People who needed this bread of life. People who were hungry and who were thirsty, but they did not have the means in which to purchase or to buy. This isn't a new ideology or a new theology with Jesus. This is God through the prophet Isaiah speaking in the Old Testament. It doesn't matter whether you know what to do at the table, you were born at the table, you were raised in the church, you have multiple generations, or this is your very first weekend or time, whether you're watching online, you're at a campus, or you're here live. It doesn't matter. Wherever you are and whoever you are, the Bible says, come, come, have a seat at the table. You don't have any money? No problem. We'll take care of it. We'll figure that out later. 
You don't have to have a certain pedigree or a certain whatever. You are welcome to come. And to the self-sufficient who thinks they don't need the table of God. Look at verse number two. I love this. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And you labor for that which does not satisfy. He's talking here about people who are spending days and dollars chasing, trying to get to a particular level or particular place, trying to spin wheels and make deals, trying to get it so people like them and accept them so that they fit in with everybody else. Peer pressure is not something that ends when you graduate high school. (laughs) I think peer pressure happens a, a whole lot more in the adult world than what it does in the kid world. You're invited because why would you spend? You're looking for something. And maybe you're here today. Maybe you're watching today. Maybe you're, you're just kind of checking things out today. I'm telling you, this book has the answers to what you're looking for. This book will guide you and lead you into all truth. This book will be there in the middle of the night when there is no one else. Because this book is not just pages that have been written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by men whom God gave the words. The Bible says that this book became flesh and dwelt among us and his name is Jesus, John chapter 1. So therefore, we look to this book. We look to Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith. We look to the one who has the ability to comfort us when we are mourning, to bring hope to us when we are hopeless, to bring help to us when we are helpless, to get us through the middle, the middle of the night, and to get us through until the dawn breaks in the morning. And so the Bible says here, anyone and everyone, come. Now, the second thing we see here is our responsibility is to buy and to eat. Our responsibility, the second point, is to buy and to eat. We, you and I, must invest in and consume what God offers us. It's our choice. We're not rock'em, sock'em robots. God does not control you or I from some cosmic heavenly joystick. No, you have a choice. You have a choice whether you're going to get in this book every day or you're not. You have a choice whether you're going to gather yourself together or you're going to forsake the gathering of yourself together, meaning come to church. You have a choice whether you're going to be in relationship with other people or your life is all going to be about achievement. You have a choice whether you're going to invest yourself, whether you're going to buy what God's selling, proverbially speaking, and whether you're going to eat it, you're going to digest it, you're going to consume it or not. Your hunger is what begets growth. Your hunger and your thirst is what precipitates the growth in your life. If you're trying, if you really, I believe this, if people really want to do something, they're going to do it. I, I, I just, I've just seen people through my whole life. I, I, I'm this way. If I really want to learn something, if I really want to get something, if I really want to attain something, I'm going to do it. You are where you are because that's what you can handle. You are what you are because the, some of the decisions that you've made. You are where you are because, let's just be honest, there's the grace of God, but there's also then, and that's the sovereignty of the Lord, but there's also... Your choice. God's not going to make you do what you don't want to do. There's this tension that we manage. God's in control. According to the book of Job, God gives and God takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. But I have choice. And what I'm going to do with the life that I have, the time that I have, the energy I have, the resources I have, 
So how hungry are you for the things of God? How hungry are you to get into his presence? How hungry are you to sit at his table? Are you as hungry to do that as you are to buy that new car? Are you as hungry for that as you are to, to, to get into that college? Are you as hungry for that as you are to, to get married? Are you as hungry for the things of God? Woo, I'm all up in your kitchen. Nobody, it's like complete silence. And a great hush came about them. Have you thought about that? I mean, I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm not beating up on you, but I'm saying there are times where my desire for things of this world are greater than the things of God. And in those moments, I hear a message or a sermon or I read something, I come across something, watch a podcast, see something, and the Holy Spirit uses it to convict my heart. And I'm like, yeah, man, that's me. I'm dead to rights on that one. <laughs> it, it's been a long time since I've been in his presence. Where it's been way too long since I've, I, I've gotten to the Bible, not just for a sermon, but for me. I get it. But I'm asking you a real question. Where's your hunger? Your hunger shows up in a couple things tangibly. One, it shows up in whether you are committing yourself to gathering together, which is what you're doing today. You are taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. And make no mistake, that's a big deal. Because for most of you in this room, it's easier for you to write a check than it is for you to give an hour or two hours of your time. Because money is time. And so for you to carve out time out of your schedule to be there, you, that's the reason why I take this so sincerely heavy because I respond, I, I answer to God for the words that I say, but I understand how precious your time is. And I don't like my time to be wasted and I don't want your time to be wasted. So at Life Church, as best we can, we're gonna do everything with as much excellence as we possibly can. We're gonna study to show our self-approval, workmen that need not be ashamed, so that when we come up here, we're bringing up the bread of life. It's not day old. It's not, it's not been in the refrigerator for three days and we're gonna reheat it. It's fresh and hot and something that gets right where you are. Whether you consume it or not, that's your choice. But the deal is, is your hunger is driven by, do you show up? And I get it. I get it. I get the COVID deal. I get all of that. But can I just like say something? I have a problem when you can be at every other thing in city. You can be at every other event. I'm fixing to go there. Some of you know exactly where I'm going. But you can't come to church because it's a super spreader. But you were, you, hey man, you were, you were at, you were, you were outdoor when, when, uh, you know, downtown in the, in, in the deer district when, but you know, but bless God, you were, you were protected there. Amen. But now you can't be at, well, really? Like, I know I'm, an, I know I'm from Arkansas and I'm, I'm happy to have a full set of teeth and a pair of shoes, but that just doesn't work. Right. It's about choice. It's about choice. Am, am I, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? What, what's going to happen? Uh, 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 soap, scripture, observation, application, and prayer. For those of you that are new, I'm not talking about like bodily soap. I'm talking about spiritually, like where we, 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 we kind of do a deal where you read two chapters a day. And basically when you kind of journey through that for, for a year, you're going to kind of journey through the Bible. And so, so are you getting actively in God's word? That's a mechanism. That's a devotional. That's a way to kind of keep you in God's word where you read the word every day. And then you, what, what are you observing out of that passage? Some days it's a lot, some days it's not much. 
any application, downloads for your own life, and then prayer. Regularly. That's how you show your hunger for the things of God that, that, that he's talking about here in Isaiah 55. Life group. Next week, uh, the beginning of September. So September, January, and May, we do trimesters here. And so life groups are basically, they're relationally based, uh, getting around a subject matter so that we can grow together. Because I, I just know this, if you come to Life Church, you may come for a lot of different reasons, but you will stay for two reasons, because you're in a group and because you're, you're, you, you, you have a job, you're, you're serving somewhere. If you're in a life group and you're a part of Life Team, you'll stay at Life Church. I'm just saying, I've just watched it. I've been doing this for almost 20 years here at this location. And I'm just saying to you that that's the truth of the matter. And so, so I encourage you, are, are you in a life group? And you may go, man, I'm just not a small group kind of a guy. I'm not either. And I lead one and I, I'm, I'm in one. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have one. This should not be surprising to you. I'm going to have one at the new Chick-fil-A on County Line. Can I get a witness? Mm. You know, the longer I stay here, the, Lord, the more the Lord blesses and he confirms, yea, verily, my son, I have brought you to the promised land. Amen? <laughs> Get involved in a life group. And if you don't like the group you're in, go to another group. And if they're weird, tell them they're weird and tell them I said that they're weird. I'll deal with it. I promise you, the weird ones always call me. And so <clears throat> take that however you want to take that. Amen. <laughs> my email is rcoggins at, at lifechurchwi.com. Life team, find a place to serve. Find a place to serve. Man, I only got two hours. Great. I only have, great. I don't talk to anybody. Great, we got a place for you. I mean, I, I love to talk to people. We got a place for you. It doesn't matter who you are, what you're. Our responsibility as a church is to find a place for you. Your responsibility is just to be willing. Again, try something. It doesn't work. And if you're new here and you want to get connected, all you got to do is go to, through our life track. And again, you can just see someone in the lobby. As soon as you walk out these doors right there in, in the hub right there, just turn to your left or your right, right here in the center, just on the other side of this wall, there's somebody there and they'll be happy to say, hey, let me tell you what, how to get connected and what to do. Man, I travel all the time. No problem. You can do it virtually. What, we're going to make it, we're not trying to put stumbling blocks in your way. We're trying to help you grow. But it's your responsibility to buy and eat according to scripture, not mine. My responsibility, set the table. Your responsibility, show up and eat. I cannot make you eat, and I cannot make you show up. And I don't mean to be mean. Please, please, I say there's all the humility in the world. My responsibility unto him is to set the table. He's the one that grows the church. If the church is growing, it's because God's growing it. The Bible says that, that, that unless, unless God builds a church, he who labors, labors in vain. So God's the one. This isn't my church. This is his church. I'm just here to set the table. I'm here to serve you, the bread of life, hot and fresh. And the last thing we see is it's our opportunity to enjoy. It's our opportunity to enjoy. He says in verse two, delight yourselves in rich food. I love this about the Lord. Amen. Not bad food, right? Not leftovers. You know, in the Old Testament, when God fed the children of Israel as they were going from Egypt to the promised land, there were no leftovers except for the day of the Sabbath. And the food would only last for a 24-hour period because God wanted them to honor him. But the manna came every day. And if you tried to hold it, 
for the next day, you tried to lay it up for the next day, you tried to hide it or, or put it in, it wouldn't, it wouldn't last. Only for the Sabbath would it last. Can I just tell you, that's how God wants to do in your life and in my life. He wants to bring us to a place of rich food. He wants to bless you more than you have the ability to be blessed. And this is not pop psychology. This is his word. I didn't write it. I don't get editorial privilege over it. But man, do I love the fact that God wants us to delight in that. I love this. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Can I just tell you, you will be most fulfilled in this life when you as a creation do it the way the creator designed it to be done. You will be most fulfilled in this life. I'm not just talking about the sweet by and by, I'm talking about the here and now. When you do it as the creation, the way the creator designed it to be done. If we're in right relationship with him, all these other things will come into line. But if this relationship is broken, everything else is messed up. There's parent issues, there's kid issues. Not that you're not gonna have problems in this world, but when this is right, all the rest of this, because that's what his word says. God wants to bless your business. Why? Because the Bible says that whatever your hand finds to do, do is unto the Lord. We're called to have dominion on this planet. We're called to work this planet. We're called to steward what God's put in our hands. So why would he not want to bless you? How does missions get funded around the world? Because God blesses businessmen and businesswomen, and he takes people who are willing to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and sacrificially or out of abundance begin to give. That's how that happens. Do you know last week when the, when the earthquake hit Haiti that you had already given and money was already on the ground within 24 hours. People were being immediately fed immediately and taken care of immediately. And housing structures were beginning to go up because of partnerships that we have with missions organizations like Convoy of Hope. Your generosity does that. How, how does, does the angel show up and do that? Nope. I mean, I've been in Sri Lanka when the mudslides happen and there are literally people are in the street screaming and holding up pictures and you cannot get through because they want to know if you've seen their child or their parent or whatever. And there's thousands and thousands of people that have been lost just within the last 72 hours. I've been there. There are no angels. You know who shows up? People like you, missionaries. So how does that happen? God blesses you. And you in turn are, are you, you lean your ear and, and you, you do what God asks you to do. And then God begins to show up. The video that you saw at the beginning of the service, when you saw that Milwaukee campus that had 200 plus people last weekend and people that are coming to faith in Jesus Christ, there'll be dozens of families that were, that, that were served yesterday and dozens of families that will be served today through, through a food pantry. There's an after-school program that's beginning to kick off just as soon as MPS opens the schools here in the next week. That's gonna happen. How does that get funded? Does God show up and do that? Does, does, does the archangel Gabriel show up? No, it's you, it's you. It's me. And so what happens is God wants to work through you and God wants to work through me and God wants to work through us. Nothing works like the local church works when the local church works the way the local church is designed to work. Jesus loves the local church. Jesus died for the local church. Jesus is coming back for the local church. Why? Because the local church is his bride. 
You are the bride of Christ. You're the salt of the earth in a tasteless, perverse world. You're the salt. You're what brings taste. You're the light of the world. In a dark place that's getting ever more dark, you are the light. You are a city that's set on a hill that cannot be hidden. How does that happen? Because God wants to bless you. He wants you to delight. And when you sit at the table and you don't just nourish your mind and you don't just nourish your body, but you nourish your spirit, then the power that raised Christ from the dead begins to fill you and fill you. And what happens? It begins to overflow out of you and you change your world. You change your neighborhood. You change your workspace. You change your city. You change Milwaukee. You change the state of Wisconsin, you change the nation, you change the world. And you go, but I'm just one person. How did Jesus do it? Did Jesus ever write a book? No, he is the book, amen? But he never taught in a, in a university. We have nothing that he left that we have that he wrote. We have nothing on audio. He invested himself into 12 men. And he said, look, the, what I've done for you, go do for others. And the world's been changed. So today, I, I wanna, as I close in prayer and the band's gonna come out and they're gonna lead us in another song and then we're gonna be dismissed. I wanna challenge you to lead yourself spiritually. I believe, I believe that the prosecution of the church is just beginning in America. I believe it's going to be more difficult a decade from now to live for Jesus in this country. And I love America than it is today. I believe that the enemy is trying to do everything he can, to do everything he can to get us to recoil, to, to, to kind of just circle the wagons and just kind of hunker down till Jesus comes. But when I read God's word, that is not the church that Jesus Christ left. That is not what the disciples did. Every one of them gave their lives for the cause of Christ. Every one of them went into in the entire world and they confronted every devil and every false religion and every false God. And they proclaimed the name of Jesus Christ, believing in their own lifetime that they would see Jesus come again. I believe although the enemy wants to come in, I believe although that the secularization of our society is increasing, although the darkness is around us, the light shines much brighter in the darkness. The salt is so much more savior in a tasteless world. I believe that the church of Jesus Christ in this country is going to grow. I believe that Christians are gonna rise up. I believe we're gonna get a backbone for the first time in decades. I believe that we're going to love people like we've never loved them. We're gonna serve people like we've never served them. We're gonna be the salt and the light that Jesus called us to be. But in order to do that, we have to have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness. We have to have a hunger and a thirst for God. We've gotta to want to sit at the table and delight ourselves in the rich food that God has and quit doing what verse two says, trying to 
satisfy ourselves with so many other things that don't satisfy and just put our eyes upon Jesus and because he is the author he is the finisher and so what I'm asking you today today is to decide that you're going to personally develop a hunger for God it's not easy it's like working out trust me I don't like to work out amen but man spiritually oh God I want you more Make a decision that as for you and your house, you're going to serve the Lord the way Joshua said, that you're going to be at church, that you're going to be at the house of God. I used to tell my parents when I was a kid and I didn't want to go to church, I'm sick. They said, good, we're going to, we're going to bring you to church because that's where you're going to get prayed for and get healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. But I just threw up. Great. Get, get a wet rag for the boy and let's get him to church. That, that's how we did. I mean, we went to church like that. Ryan, you were raised like that. Tammy was raised like that. This is how we were raised. This is, this is it. You come to church. Make a decision to grow and self-feed, get in God's word. So again, if you're not doing anything else, just scripture, observation, application is two chapters a day. You miss a day, that's fine. Go the next day, keep going. Make a decision to decide to connect. Next weekend, you got an opportunity to get involved in a life group. Get involved, show up. Quit making excuses. Oh my goodness, snowflakes. Quit making excuses, amen? Just jump in with both feet and go, it's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. I'm telling you, and I'm saying this for this reason. Let me say it this way. God's doing something at Life Church, And I want you to be a part of it. And if you don't want to be, that's okay. It's like the train's leaving the station and I want you to be on the train. And I'm gonna encourage everybody I can to get off of the, the, the dock there and get onto the stand, get off of the stage and the landing and get into the train. Get on, because I'm telling you where we're going, you're gonna wanna go. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. You can get a Diet Coke and a bag of Funyuns and watch it happen, or you can get in the game. And I want you to get in the game. And if you don't, that's okay. It's kinda like when I look around today and I see empty seats in the room, that's okay. That's another soul, another soul, another soul. You're either gonna sit there or God's gonna fill it with someone else. It, it, God's no respecter of persons. You remember in the, the parable where, where they said that the, the wedding feast has been set? And the guy says, but I have, there's no one that will come. All of my friends, everybody has excuses. He said, and, and the master was so upset. He said, then tell everyone in the city, bring them. Go to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Take the sick and the lame, people that nobody. I, my house will be full. I'm telling you, this room, that campus, that campus, the campus I'm believing for in Wauwatosa, that campus, the one in, on the third ward, that campus. Yeah, would you like to go eat uh -huh, at the Wicked Hop? You know what I'm talking about, right down there. Holla, that campus, east side, the here, there. I've had people say, well, Life Church works in a suburban metropolitan area. It will never work in, in a rural America. I'm looking for, we got rural in Wisconsin, amen? This is Arkansas, the north. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Some of you, that offends you, but I'm from Arkansas and I've lived here for 20 years. I know what I'm talking about. I'm just telling you, it's gonna happen because God is doing something in the church. <laughs> this is not a time to sit back. This is not a time to disengage. This is a time to get to the table. And I'm telling you, I think Ezekiel Elliott does this. He's not a prophet. He's a player for the Cowboys. I know he's a bad team, but anyhow, it's like, I'm gonna get me some, right? I'm gonna eat it up. I'm gonna get it. 
I'm telling you, if you want to sit around and starve spiritually, that's your business. But this body will not be anemic. Amen? This body will not be skinny. The Bible says be fat in the Lord. Amen? Father, I just thank you today. Thank you for your people. I thank you for the power that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in us. I thank you for the people that were baptized this morning. I thank you, Lord, for, for, for the people that, that at the Milwaukee campus that, were, that were, gave their life, the 13 people that gave their life this past week and, and, and those that were baptized. I thank you for what you're doing in Appleton and Brookfield and Germantown and Milwaukee and online. I thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do in Wauwatosa and Ozaki County. Lord, what you're going to do in Milwaukee County, what you're going to do, Lord, in our state. God, what you're going to do in our nation. I, I know the enemy of our soul is coming in like a roaring lion and he sounds ferocious and everybody else wants to wants to um to, to pull back and wants to kind of shake and fear and trembling. But Lord, I remember God in the Old Testament, a man who chased the lion down, went into the very pit and destroyed him and came out a victor. That's the church that we are. That's the church that you've called us to be, that we'll go into a pit on a snowy day and defeat the lion right in his own den. Not because of our power, not because of our might, not because of our strength, but because of you, Lord. Greater are you that's in us than he that's in the world, that we can do all things through, through you who strengthens us. And so, Father, give us a, a hunger. God, give us a, give us a thirst for you, God, for the things of you. Take the things of this world and the hunger and the thirst for the things of this world. Let it just subside and let us focus our eyes upon you. All that we do, Lord, Monday through Friday about you, Lord. What we do with our families about you, God. What we do in the weekend about you, Lord. Even in these next few moments, as we sing one more chorus before we leave this place, let us, God, with hearts that are full of, gr of gratefulness and thankfulness and gratitude, Lord. Let us lift our hands, lift our voices and give you praise and declare one more time, God, that you are God, that you're in control, that you, Lord, are leading and guiding and directing our paths and that you have a future and a plan for us declares your word. And so today, Jesus, I pray your blessings be upon your people in these moments in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Give God praise, amen, amen.